Welcome to Heart to Heart about everything lupus, where we discuss everything about lupus. I'm Susie von Avalt, or as most of you know me, Susie Eagles Flight. I've had lupus for 18 years, started the first lupus support organization in South Africa 17 years ago, and I'm on the steering committee of the World Lupus Federation, and I'm one of the managing members of Lupus South Africa, and serve on the board of Andreas Gift. Today we are going to talk about lupus, the menstrual cycle and pregnancy. The average woman experiences around 450 periods in her lifetime. That means women spend nearly 10 years of their life on their period. And since 90% of individuals with lupus are women of childbearing age, 15 to 44, it stands to reason that lupus may somehow impact menstruation and pregnancy. I actually have not met a female, female warrior that has not experienced any problems with the menstrual cycle. Just a note, I've had two strokes, so please bear with me if I struggle with pronunciation. So get a cup of nice hot coffee or tea, put your earphones in, sit in a relaxing chair and let the two of us discuss lupus. On any given day, more than 800 million women globally are menstruating. For women with lupus, the menstrual cycle is one more challenge that needs to be dealt with. Additionally, symptoms may become combined, leaving you wonder whether the pain and discomfort comes from your lupus or from your menstruation. For many women of childbearing years with SLE, there may be a great concern about fertility, the ability to become pregnant and carry a healthy baby to full term. To better understand reproductive health, however, it first helps to have a better understanding of menstruation. What is a normal menstrual cycle? At the beginning of puberty, young girls may experience some menstruation um, irregularities and severity of symptoms. However, as a woman ages, this tends to regulate. The transition through puberty may be particularly difficult for some girls. However, hormonal changes are often associated with the onset of juvenile SLE, as well as flares for those already diagnosed. Medication are often often need to be adjusted as puberty progresses and normalize and lupus symptoms improve. Now, during a healthy menstrual cycle, estrogen and progesterone levels will begin to fall in absence of a pregnancy. So if you don't fall pregnant, your progesterone and estrogen levels fall. About two weeks in the cycle, ovulation starts. If pregnancy does not occur when that egg is now released, 
estrogen and progesterone levels continue to fall to their lowest and bleeding will begin as the uterus discards lining since it has no use for it. Unfertilized egg is discarded as well. Menstrual flow typically begins every 21 to 35 days and lasts anywhere between 2 and 7 days. Each of you know your body. So, for example, I remember mine was 28 days. That's, I remember it. Um, you know, I'm sterile now, but when I still had my period. And um, all of us know how long we are and how long our cycle is. It's just easier if you know what's going on with your body. Some women's periods may become may be completely predictable, while others have cycles that fluctuate a bit month to month and still be considered normal. The average woman spent nearly 10 years of her life uh, to, to having a period. That means 3,550 days before she enters menopause at 50. I am going to just name this year. I started with my menopause when I was 35 and it was because of lupus medication. I was a cytoxin for a very long period and um, that basically led to me going into menopause, being sterile and all those things. So that is one thing you need to check with your doctor. If you still want to have a baby, make sure your medication cannot cause you to become sterile. Menopause may occur about two years earlier for women with SLE than the general population. Even if a woman's menstrual cycle is typically normal during all those years, things can go awry from time to time. Stress, weather, seasons can affect your periods. Stress can throw off a cycle, colder temperatures can make periods longer and heavier and winter can worsen premenstrual disorder which is called PMS and you all know you know if it's winter and cold there is more pain considered um, during if it was summer or hot. Common menstrual disorders. For some women hormones can go off balance or other preproductive system issues may arise and negatively impact a woman's cycle. Women with lupus, especially those older than 30, may be at an especially higher risk for developing menstrual irregularities and disorders. Now to follow are a few of the most common menstrual disorders that women with and without lupus may experience. Premenstrual stress syndrome. I mean, if you're a woman, you don't know what PMS is. You really need to educate yourself. Now, a very common and if it's very common and affect approximately ninety percent of all menstruating women. It occurs several days before beginning of a woman's period. Symptoms include irritability, mood swings, bloating, fatigue, tender breast, joints and muscle pain, digestive upset, food craving, and depression and I think most of all has some extra some most of us have some extra um, symptoms there because I definitely had premenstrual dysphoric disorder PMDD 
is more severe than PMS and can cause more extreme mood shifts and impact everyday life. Women with SLE report more occurrences of PMDD and depression than general population. Amenorrhea. Amenorrhea is the absence of menstruation for at least three cycles of menstruation and starts later as at the age of later than the age of 15. Symptoms include hair loss, fatigue, headache, pelvic pain, excessive facial hair, and acne. Next one is menorrhagia, oligomania, and polymenorrhea. This, these disorders can affect the menstrual flow. Monorrhagia is heavy and prolonged bleeding and can trigger anemia. It is more prevalent in women with lupus than normal population, though probably unreported because most of us don't know about this. Then polymenorrhea is bleeding that occurs too frequently with a shorter cycle than 21 days. And desomenorrhea is cramps, describing painful periods due to uterine contraction or the reproductive system such as intermetriosis and pelvic inflammatory disease. Now I think most of us have already experienced some of these disorders, we just didn't know that we had them. And I am sure a lot of you can um, agree with the pelvic inflammatory disease. Most of us don't even know when the pelvic muscles are in spasm and don't, don't release. We actually don't feel it because we're dealing with so much pain on the other hand. Now, endometriosis is a disorder where the lining of the uterus, the endometrium, grows outside the uterus and becomes thickened. It also affects the ovaries and fallopian tubes. Cysts and scar tissues form, causing severe pain and discomfort for some and some fertility issues. I know a lot of people with endometriosis cannot fall pregnant. The risk of endometriosis with SLE is higher than the general population, though it's not completely understood why. Next one is polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS. Affecting 1 in 10 women of childbearing years, PCOS is the, is the egg may not develop in the ovary and may not be released. It may cause cysts to develop on the ovaries. Symptoms include acne, hair thinning, essential facial hairs, irregular periods and fluctuations in weight for no apparent reason. How can lupus affect menstruation? The inflammation of lupus can affect how hormones are regulated in the hypothalamic pituitary axis in your brain. The system is responsible for the release and regulation of hormones and how the body responds to distress. Therefore, if hormones become imbalanced due to excessive inflammation, which we have, the menstrual cycle may become irregular as well. Women who have high disease activity, that is their lupus is very busy, <laughs> increased inflammation and lower quality of life score, score tend to suffer from more menstrual disorders. So basically the sick you are, the more you're going to struggle with your menstrual cycle.
Some women with lupus who experience an increase in estrogen before menstruation also report an increase in lupus symptoms. Now, it hasn't really been um, proven in the world of science, but there's definitely a link with lupus and estrogen. Other factors that may be responsible for menstruation irregularities is drug therapy, anti-inflammatories, immunosuppressants, antidepressants, um, like um, cyclophosphamide can interfere with your menstrual cycle, um, uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs can trigger your hormones. Now, hormone imbalances. Prolactin. Prolactin is the hormone that enables a woman to produce milk when pregnant or nursing. Women with SLE who are, who are not pregnant and nursing, however, may have increased levels of prolactin in the blood and irregular or skipped periods may result. Progesterone. Some women do have higher disease. Some women who do have higher disease activity, however, have also found to have low progesterone levels. Low progesterone levels can lead to irregular or skipped periods. The thyroid. The thyroid hormone helps to regulate the menstrual cycle. Some women produce too much and others too little. Hypothyroidism or hypothyroidism. Changes in thyroid hormone can cause menstrual irregularities. Other conditions. Lupus nephritis. The more severe lupus nephritis, the greatest, greatest risk for menstrual disorders. Thrombocytopenia. Women with SLE who have thrombocytopenia, low blood platelet count, can often experience heavy menstrual bleeding. Antiphospholipid antibodies. The presence of antiphospholipid antibodies and antiphospholipid syndrome can cause heavy menstrual bleeding. Uterine fibroids. Though not life-threatening, these abnormal growths on the uterine wall can cause pain and irregular bleeding. bleeding. Menopause. Perimenopause and menopause can contribute to menstrual irregularities as ovaries begin to fail. Stress. Stress can interfere with the part of your brain that regulates your menstrual cycle. While taking, tracking lupus system symptoms, it also helps to track menstrual symptoms. Getting into the habit of tracking when your periods start, stop, Blood flow and symptoms can help identify changes and irregularities. If a disorder is suspected and diagnosed, treatment may include NSAIDs, anti-inflammatories, uh, diuretics, oral contraceptives or other hormone therapy to regulate your hormones, antidepressants for PMS and PMDD, medication to treat other triggering conditions such as thyroid disease, medication to treat acne and excessive hair growth, surgery to move uh, fibroids and cysts, dietary changes to manage weight, 
nutritional supplements, calcium and magnesium, exercise to treat symptoms such as tension and pain, stress relief or mental health therapy, and adequate rest and sleep. So that's how doctors would normally more or less treat the basics. The use of oral contraceptives may not be for everyone. Some women may be at a greater risk for developing blood loss, stroke, cardiovascular disease or breast cancer from these pills. Always speak with your healthcare practitioner about the benefits and risks of taking oral contraceptives or if there is other less risky less risky treatment available. Now most of doctors um, never put a lupus warrior on oral contraceptives because there are there is a risk for blood clots and strokes even if you have not been diagnosed with antiphospholipid syndrome. There is always a risk. So they use other methods. They do um, and they also um, do not suggest hormonal therapy um, during menopause. But um, next month we'll be covering menopause. Menstruation does not have to be an added discomfort or hindrance for women with lupus. While it may not always be the most pleasant experience, some steps can be taken personally and with advice of your healthcare practitioner to lessen menstrual symptoms and the impact they make on your daily life. So the best is if there is a problem, if you skip, if you have too much uh, a large flow, if you have cramps, pains, um, PMS, any disorder that you've just named, the best is to mention it to your rheumatologist or your gynecologist for treatment and they then choose what is the way forward because you don't have to suffer with pain and discomfort during menstrual cycles. If you, you must mention it to your doctor so a process of treatment can be taken. You don't have to suffer. In the old days, women would just suffer and keep quiet on any symptoms or anything to do with menstrual cycle. Today is different. You can make a change and have you, especially if you have lupus, because you're already struggling to have a quality of life and you don't want your menstrual cycle to cause another problem, you know, um, with your quality of life being riddled with pain or cramps or bleeding. Next part we can discover is lupus and pregnancy. If you have lupus, managing pregnancy while managing a chronic illness takes a team effort. No mother can deny that having a baby can be life-changing in ways they may never anticipate. Emotions can go back and forth from elation and excitement to worry and even fear as the reality of being responsible to keeping a tiny being safe, happy, and well cared for settles in. All the advice in the world cannot fully prepare us for bringing a child into this world. Before we go 
start going into detail about pregnancy, I must just note, at first, when I was diagnosed, all the doctors told me, no problem with treatment, I will be able to fall pregnant, and etc etc and but after two miscarriage and so much emotional and physical pain my husband and I decided not to try anymore and that's and that my health is a priority God actually blessed us with three wonderful kitties and I'm not saying don't try but please remember your health is important and yes lupus can flare terribly after the pregnancy and your kidneys are more at a huge concern during and after pregnancy. So all I'm saying is make extra sure that your body is able to take a pregnancy. If it will carry a baby to term, it, it's very important. How do I prepare for pregnancy when I have lupus? Anyone who is considering becoming a parent should plan for it the best they can. This will help you ensure a healthy and safe pregnancy and delivery, taking both the mom's and baby's health into consideration. When you have lupus, planning becomes even more important as you may have overlapping diseases that may present complications, medications that may need to be managed differently than you are used to and other unknown risks that may arise. First of all, set up your team. Researchers Caroline Knight and Catherine Nelson Percy suggest pregnancy counseling is an important way to plan for a baby and it should extend from prenatal to postnatal care for before and after the baby. They go on to explain the importance of involving your healthcare team in your pregnancy plan and throughout your pregnancy using a multidisciplinary approach which should include your rheumatologist, general practitioner, other specialists and of course your gynecologist. So basically you have to regulate the whole medical team, gynecologist, nephrologist, whatever doctors are treating you and a gynecologist must work together to ensure that you have a that you fall pregnant, you're healthy during pregnancy, and that you're healthy after pregnancy. And if you cannot do that, rather wait. So get your team together early on. Assess your risks. After you have initially discussed your desire to become pregnant with your healthcare practitioner, they should conduct a risk assessment of your current health status. They suggest that a thorough and responsible risk assessment should include checking on the following. Your lupus disease activity, your medication history, pre-existing organ damage and your most recent serological blood test profile. Your lupus disease activity, are you in midst of a lupus flare or have had one in the last six months? A woman with a low disease activity who have not recently experienced a flare, have less of a chance to experience a flare during pregnancy. But remember, always make sure that your lupus has been, I'm almost saying, in remission for 
six months before you even think of pregnancy. Your medication history, your healthcare practitioner may suggest tapering down on some medication that are contraindicated during pregnancy and or add, adding specific medications to your treatment plan and regime in preparation of a pregnancy. For example, if the immunosuppression you are currently taking, cyclophosphamide, um, is not a good idea during pregnancy, leave the cyclophosphamide and go to another. I, I know um, Imuran and there's quite a few that are safe during pregnancy. Your pre-existing organ damage. Remember, any organ that has been damaged is a problem during pregnancy. You need your body as healthy as possible. Now with a chronic illness, now you want to become pregnant. It's very important to make sure that your body is okay and will be able to carry a pregnancy. Do you have any involvement with organs such as lung, digestion, cardio and renal symptoms which is your kidneys active lupus nephritis for example cannot only affect fertility but it also can contribute to a difficult pregnancy for both mom and baby because your, your kidneys is most important in a pregnancy and if you already have kidneys that's not working well don't risk your health being pregnant while lupus nephritis may while you have lupus nephritis may increase your risk of having lupus flare by 30 to 60 percent in 2016 an article published in the journal of autoimmunity researchers recommended that involving your healthcare team in the management of your pregnancy especially in the presence of lupus nephritis is optimal to minimize the health risk to you and your baby it's definitely suggested. I would go as far as to say, don't even do it without those your medical team. Any decision, any plan, get them all together working and agreeing that they agree it's okay for you to now fall pregnant. The Your most recent blood test, this includes looking for the pregnancy of anti-DNA, anti-LO, ROLA antibodies and antiphosphate um, antibodies. ULAR recommends that individuals with APS with this antiphospholipid syndrome use contraceptives and thoroughly discuss family planning with their healthcare professional and only to proceed with trying to conceive when your health stabilizes. Why? Because antiphospholipid syndrome can cause you to have numeria, n number of miscarriages and um, my two was because of that and it can cause blood clots in for you during pregnancy which is very difficult uh, and very concerning um, during a pregnancy and it can also um, harm you afterwards increasing the risk of a stroke after you've had a baby contraceptive 
Your healthcare practitioner may suggest using contraceptives until you are fully physically and emotionally ready for pregnancy. Yeah, don't always take a contraceptive. Don't fall pregnant um, while you're on a medication, while your lupus is rather make sure that you can't fall pregnant. Effective and safe methods of contraception for individuals with lupus include barrier methods such as condoms, diaphragms, sponges, caps. Knight and Neil Pierce suggest that while these methods are convenient, they can come with a 30%, 32% failure rate. So it can still happen. Hormonal contraceptive, which includes the pearl patches, rings, implants, the marina, um, while these are extremely effective methods of com- contraception, there are contraindications with you if you have APS, active SLE, high blood pressure, lupus nephritis, and under conditions, as hormonal therapy may increase your risk for developing a blood clot. So, it's not even a suggestion to use an oral contraceptive that has hormones, contains hormones for somebody that have lupus. Even if you don't have a fossil lupus syndrome, just avoid using it. According to Knight and LPC, 30 to 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. If you unexpectedly find yourself pregnant, See your healthcare practitioner immediately in order to receive appropriate pregnancy counseling and adequate monitoring of your health and uh, the health of your baby. Nobody, none of us, wants to bring a baby in this world that you caused harm because you didn't um, take contraceptives if you have active lupus nephritis or antiphospholizapurum, whatever your health risk may be. You don't want to, you know, harm a baby. So if you're on the medication, if you have this, make sure that you cannot fall pregnant. And if you do, immediately contact your health provider because there can be birth defects with some of the medication too. So make sure you are on a good working contraceptive and then add another way of contraceptive like condoms just to make sure that there isn't a way what if i want to have a baby but have difficulties difficulty conceiving one thing a baby does not always mean it's easy to conceive even the healthiest of women can find it difficult to become pregnant The ULAR indicates the following conditions that make it difficult to conceive. Renal disorders such as lupus nephritis, kidneys, immunosuppressive duct therapy, cyclophosphamide, cytoxin, all of these can cause problems. And um, your healthcare practitioner may recommend that you delay your pregnancy and use contraceptives until your current health status changes or alterations in medication treatments plans have taken effect. So if you are in a better, healthier space, you can always fall pregnant then. That is um, definitely, you know, if you've been in remission for six months and your kidneys are fine or whatever, you can think of pregnancy. But please don't do it 
before of during that time you're going to make things difficult for you and for the baby and affect your health negatively and a baby for example if you have your kidneys are not doing well you then conceive a baby that baby may be normal but what about you if you now lose your kidneys and have to have a kidney transplant then that baby won't have a mother to take care of it so be logical in your way of thinking make sure that your health is good before you even start thinking about having a baby when your health improves but you still find it difficult to conceive your health team may discuss ways to increase fertilization and a chance of conception these measures can be ovulation induction therapy it's basically they um make ovulation happen in vitro fertilization both of these methods have an efficiency rate comparable to a general population making them viable options to increase your ability to become pregnant it's important to remember however that being a parent does not have to be mean conceiving a child you can be a loving parent through adoption. So if you continue to have difficulties conceiving or if your health healthcare team determine it's not an healthy option for you, ask them to refer you for counseling and to discuss alternative ways to become a parent. It sounds harsh, but remember, your health is more important. What will care look like if I become pregnant? Within your first trimester, you should be seen by your rheumatologist, your obstetrician, gynecologist, to assess your health risks. How healthy you are will determine how often in which specialist will see you. Generally speaking, every four weeks from 16 to 28, every two weeks from 28 to 34, and every week from 34 onwards. If you have high disease activity, you will always most likely have blood tests taken four to eight weeks or more often in the presence of flare and other complications. Again, your treatment plan will be tailored to you and be based on your individual health needs and the needs of your baby. In order to assess your baby's growth and health, ultrasound in imaging, Doppler measurement and neotic fluid assessment will be done late in your second trimester or in the beginning of your third trimester. If any abnormalities are found, Doppler assessment may need to be done every two to four weeks and fluid testing every week. Your healthcare team will do all they can to safely monitor your baby's well-being. Can I stay on my medications while I'm pregnant? In 2016, an article for the European Journal of Internal Medicine, researchers discussed some of the most commonly prescribed medications for lupus and overlapping diseases and whether or not they are safe to take prior to and during pregnancy. Number one, immunosuppressant therapy. While it has not been confirmed as to whether or not glucose steroids in early pregnancy can cause birth defects as um, like an oral cleft in babies, 
Maintenance doses of prednisone, 5 to 10 milligram per day, is usually considered safe. So prednisone must be at least 5 to 10 milligrams, lower to 5 to 10 milligrams a, a day. Cyclophosphamide, it's advised not to use cyclophosphamide in the first trimester of pregnancy as they can pose a risk for miscarriage and preterm delivery. They may be prescribed, however, in the second and third trimester in the presence of a severe lupus flare. If you've now been <clears throat> doing good for a six months, you know, pregnant, it's fertilized, you go and suddenly you in a flare in the second or third trimester, then they might give you cyclophosphamide to, to stop the <clears throat> flare. As a theoprene, it's generally considered safe during pregnancy. However, chromosomal aberrations, changes in the number and structure of chromosome, cannot be completely ruled out. Now, the chromosome is in the nucleus of any cell in your body, and it contains genetic information. Cyclosporin, your alkene petition may increase your dosage by up to 25% during pregnancy as the blood levels of this medication tend to decrease when you are pregnant. While there doesn't seem to be an increased risk of birth defects, it cannot be completely ruled out. So they don't have any knowledge of birth defects, but they cannot rule it out. Methotrexate is contraindicated in pregnancy and therefore your healthcare practitioner will stop your treatment before you try to conceive. Monoclonal antibodies like rituximab, while considered readily safe in the first trimester, rituximab is not considered safe in the second and the third trimester. Hydroxychloroquine, most of all that. Hydroxychloroquine may actually be recommended during pregnancy in order to prevent flares and keep disease activity low and is considered relatively safe because um, it does help with the symptoms and to protect the organs and it will prevent a flare from starting Doctors basically um, keep pregnant women on hydroxychloroquine, uh, plasmaquine, hydrochloroquine, all those. Biologics. Although biologic will be less dangerous of all treatment, it suggests not to use during pregnancy. Remember, a biologic is um, a medication that is not chemically built in a lab. It's used from a plant uh, animal or human tissue, organ, cell, whatever, and then a medication is created from that to lessen side effects. But it hasn't been proven safe for pregnancy, so doctors will not keep you on a biologic if you uh, fall pregnant. Will my health ever be at risk? Will my babies? It's imperative to keep the lines of communication open with your healthcare team and to keep your scheduled offered visit throughout your pregnancy. So your health, how can it influence your health? As an individual with lupus, even if you are at optimum health when you conceive, you are more susceptible to developing complications during 
pregnancy. In 2017, there was a journal article that said best practice and research clinical rheumatology. And they noted pregnancy complications that may occur when you have lupus is your health if your health is not closely monitored. It's blood loss, antifosphorin, postpartum infection, um, that's infection after your baby, thrombocytopenia, that's low platelets, lupus nephritis, preeclampsia, high blood pressure and organ damage, especially in the kidneys and liver. HELLP is a form of severe preeclampsia, pulmonary blood clot, uh, lung blood clot, lupus flare, and cardiomyopathy, which is disease of the heart muscle that restricts the pumping of the blood. Now, that is what can all go wrong with you during a pregnancy. What can go wrong with the baby? Low birth rate and placental insufficiency are two of the most common health risks that may affect your baby. ULAR recommends fetal monitoring, especially during the third trimester of pregnancy, to track the progress of your baby's development. Modeling, monitoring may include a Doppler ultrasound. It tracks the flow of blood throughout your baby's body. Ultrasonography is an ultrasounds that are images that focus on the tissues and organs. Fetal biometry. It's part of an ultrasound, uh, ultrasound that can take a close look at your baby to determine the, its development and size. So those are the things they use to um, track your baby, how healthy your baby is, how it is developing. In 2017, in the Journal of Autoimmunity, it was said that babies born to mothers with SLE also have an increased risk of being born prematurely, which may require neonatal intensive care. If you experience a lupus flare, this can also increase your chance for delivering a baby with a low birth rate and prematurely as compared to pregnant women which have a low disease activity. Closely monitoring your baby will enable healthcare practitioners to proactively and preemptively increase the changes of your baby being born happy, healthy and in full term. In conclusion, the best thing you can do to have the healthiest and safest pregnancy possible for you and your baby is to follow the instructions of your doctor. Taking the advice to take care of yourself first will in turn take care of your baby. Motherhood should be taken seriously from the moment you consider becoming a parent. Ask questions of your healthcare team when you have concerns and make sure you are your own best advocate. Whether you choose to conceive, adopt, your priority should be to stay on top of your health and your lupus in order to make sure you can fully enjoy all the happiness and blessing a parent can bring. It's very important to 
make that decision in the beginning that do you want children or um, is your health a big a, a more of a concern at this point in time if you later on during a remission or not having a flare for six months decide you want to become pregnant that's fine make sure you on a contraceptive in between then and then when you are making that decision make sure that all your doctors are agreeing with you and that they say you can get pregnant if they say no listen to them you don't want to be have a miscarriage or not being able to fall pregnant or have a baby with birth defects or a cleft lip or you don't want that that concludes this podcast please review it on the platform you are listening on Leave a comment below on topics you would like us to talk about. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the like button below. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Andrew's Gift, Andrew's Gift Teens and Twins, Lupus South Africa and Susie Eagles Fight. Thank you for listening and remember, giving up is not an option. Bye.